0: You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Heart Matters, where leading cardiology experts explore the latest trends, technologies, and clinical developments in cardiology practice. Your host for Heart Matters is Dr. Janet Wright, Senior Vice President for Science and Quality for the American College of Cardiology. Adherence to medicines over time is a challenge for everyone. Patients and their families, nurses, pharmacists, doctors, health plans, and employers It's particularly challenging in cardiology because so much disease and disability could be prevented, or at least controlled, with optimal adherence to therapies that are proven to work. How can members of the entire healthcare team work together to encourage successful medication adherence? Our guest today is Dr. Michael Ho. Dr. Ho is a staff cardiologist at the Denver VA Medical Center and associate professor in the Department of Medicine at the University of Colorado Denver. Welcome, Doctor Ho.
1: Thank you, Doctor Wright. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here.
0: Tell us how big a problem lack of adherence is in the U.S.
1: As you alluded to earlier in the introduction, you know, medication adherence is a big problem in the United States, particularly for patients with chronic medical conditions like heart disease, diabetes. You know, it's estimated that up to fifty percent of patients do not take their medications as prescribed by physicians.
0: What I've heard in response to my thought, which is the better the patient-physician relationship, the higher the adherence rate, is that really the better the relationship, the less likely your patient is to tell you they're not taking the medicine.
1: You know, I think the better the relationship between a physician and a patient, I think there's the higher probability that patients will take their medications as prescribed. I think sometimes part of the problem is that patients do not want to tell their physicians that they're not taking their medications or having side effects or problems because they don't want to be perceived as you know being noncompliant or not listening to what the physician is telling them and i think if a patient and a physician or a provider have a good relationship i think it encourages more of a open dialogue between the two parties which i think ultimately helps to improve medication adherence in the long term.
0: So maybe one tact, and at the very end of today, I want to get to some advice that you'll give all of us to help improve adherence, but maybe one tact to take early on is to acknowledge how hard it is to take medicine on a daily basis, particularly if you don't feel differently as a result of taking the medicine.
1: Right. I mean, so there's multiple reasons for why patients you know, don't take their medications regularly research has shown that, you know, in particular, if patients are feeling well or if they're taking medications for chronic medical conditions like hypertension or high cholesterol, sometimes the medications may cause more side effects and therefore, you know, patients may not take them long term just because the disease really doesn't have any overt symptoms that the patients can feel and that they're preventing by taking their medication. So I think that's the challenge is that, uh, a lot of the medications we ask patients to take don't have immediate perceived benefits in the short term, while they may have, you know, long-term benefits.
0: It's always hard for all of us, it's human nature, I guess, to invest in the future, especially if we don't see some immediate gratification.
1: Right. No, I agree with that.
0: Tell our listeners about some of the research that you've done.
1: So first, we've tried to describe the prevalence of non-adherence. So how frequently patients stop taking their medications? In the first series of studies, we've looked at when patients stop taking their medications after hospital discharge for a heart attack, and we found that you know by about a month, about 20 to 25 percent of patients had stopped taking one of their heart medicines, so aspirin, beta blockers, or stat medications. In follow-up, these patients were at increased risk of having another heart attack or dying, and it suggests that there may be a problem in this transition period from hospital discharge to the outpatient setting so that, you know, uh, for one reason or another, patients don't continue the medications that were prescribed to them at hospital discharge. Subsequently, we've also found that in patients who have chronic coronary artery disease that this is a recurring problem so that you know, the longer you follow patients out, there's a higher chance that they will stop taking their medications at some point in time.
0: And Michael, were those studies done in the VA population or
1: not? These studies were done in non-VA patient populations, so in various different hospital and healthcare environments. The first study that I was mentioning was an observational study of about 19 hospitals throughout the U.S., so representative of the general U.S. population.
0: Right, and highly applicable to perhaps the listeners, patients, and practice settings. Yes. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Heart Matters on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Janet Wright, and our guest today is Dr. Michael Ho, staff cardiologist at the Denver VA Medical Center and associate professor in the Department of Medicine at the University of Colorado, Denver. We're discussing the challenges of medication adherence and strategies for improvement, so, Michael, the problem is widespread. Certainly, it is operating to undermine the benefits of treatment for those patients with cardiovascular disease. What can cardiologists do to improve adherence?
1: One of the main things that providers, cardiologists, can do is asking patients if they're having trouble taking their medications in an open manner. I think part of the problem with medication non adherence is that oftentimes patients aren't asked if they're having problems taking the medication. So I think the first step is acknowledging that there is a problem. And then the provider and the patient can explore different strategies to try to improve adherence.
0: You know, Michael, before you move on to the other strategies you would suggest for all providers... One of the things about asking is that if there are financial issues, and many of us in first understanding med adherence problems blamed a lot on the cost of medication, one of the things I've read about is using surveys or a sort of intake questionnaires that folks can fill out in the waiting room so that you don't ask the patient point blank, can you afford this medicine? Can you talk to us about some of the issues around that conversation? I
1: think using a survey is a good idea. Or, you know, having the staff while patients are checking into a clinic visit, having them ask patients about medication adherence problems may be a way to get the information that you need. You know, sometimes patients are more open to talking to the staff, the nurse practitioner or the staff who are, are taking their blood pressure you know, getting the initial intake versus, you know, patients may be reluctant to tell physicians these things because they don't want to be perceived as, you know, a quote-unquote bad patient.
0: Well, and often it's the nurse practitioner RN in the office that's the conduit to the patient assistant programs that some of the pharmaceutical companies provide.
1: Sure, sure. And I think, while financial issues, you know, certainly are a big barrier to medication adherence. I think now with the $4 pharmacies, for, you know, prescription drugs. I think that that has been or will be very helpful in terms of the adherence problem.
0: And I think I interrupted you. You were on your way to tell us additional things that providers can do to support their patients' adherence to medicines.
1: I think the main thing is just talking to patients in an open manner to try to assess what the barriers are to medication adherence. And oftentimes we talk about whether the adherence is intentional or unintentional, intentional, meaning that the patients, you know, actively are not taking the medications versus non-intentional, where it's more of a problem that they're forgetting their medications and not incorporating medication taking as part of their daily routine. And so there will be different types of interventions or things that the provider will need to go through depending on the type of non-adherence that the patient is demonstrating.
0: And part of uh, an approach is filling in the gaps in education about why the medicine is being used and why the person may or may not feel any effect of the medicine in the short term?
1: Yeah. So I think that's a big part of the intentional non-adherence in that patients, you know, they don't really understand why they're taking the medication or what it's for on one hand. And then on the other hand, the medication's causing them a lot of side effects. You know, they may choose not to take it. So I think... One of the things that we as providers can do is to try to educate patients more and also to try to engage them in understanding why they're taking the medications, what the long-term benefits are, so that you know, they can become involved in the discussion of their health care and also, going forward, participate actively in it.
0: You know, um, Michael, you make me think of some of the new technological ways, reminders, text messages. Can you talk to us about sort of this frontier or pulling in health information technology to help us adhere to medicines?
1: Yeah, you know, we've done a little bit with health information technology using interactive voice response technology. So it's a telephone system where patients can call in We've used it for blood pressure control, so patients will call in with their blood pressure measurements, and based on the measurements, they get immediate feedback as to whether their blood pressure is controlled or not and whether they need additional help or a telephone call from a pharmacist. I know in other fields other than cardiology, technology is being used to remind patients to take their medication, so they'll get, patients will get text messages. About when they're supposed to take their medication, so I think there is an important role for technology, and it's a matter of you know how we can best incorporate it into you know routine clinical practice to help our patients.
0: I uh, still think that as sophisticated as some of our HIT is now becoming, one of the perhaps underutilized tools is communication from physician to physician. You mentioned earlier that. A time when med adherence drops off is in a transition from one setting to another, say hospital to home. Could you talk a little bit more about how we can close that gap, link all the providers together to coordinate a person's care?
1: Yeah, you know, I think one of the problems that I see is that oftentimes there's different healthcare systems. So one healthcare system, you know, patients are hospitalized at a hospital, but then these information systems don't really talk to each other in terms of, well, when the patients go back to their primary care provider, they aren't able to access the information from the hospitalization. So I think with the movement towards electronic medical records, I think that will be helpful to be able to provide, you know, information from the hospitalizations to the outpatient physicians. I mean, I think that's an important step, but I think also... The patients need to be part of this in that they need to understand, you know, what they were discharged on and and what they need to continue to take in the outpatient setting. So I think the system as a whole needs to be involved in this transition process because I think oftentimes things are forgotten or, or dropped as patients are discharged from the inpatient to the outpatient setting.
0: And, you know, anyone discharging a patient these days goes through, at least when it was initiated, a very painful process called medication reconciliation, adding 15 minutes or so to every discharge. And yet, at that key transition point, it's just so critical to get the correct list for the patient's benefit for the family, and then to make sure that list gets to the primary doc and all the associated specialists. That seems like such a great role for information technology, and yet a piece of paper is pretty effective too, as long as that paper's correct and up-to-date. Sure,
1: sure. I, I mean, I think getting the information correct is, you know, the first step, and then being able to uh, communicate it to the right people is also important. The other thing that I've thought about is, while it's important to reconcile the medications at discharge, there may be additional opportunities post-discharge, because oftentimes you know, patients will come to the office and say, you know, well, I had all these medications that I was on before the hospitalization and then I got discharged on a bunch of new medications, but then how do I reconcile what I was on before and all these, you know, bottles that I have home and and what I just got discharged on. So there may be a role for medicine reconciliation shortly after hospital discharge, you know, where the patients bring in all their bottles that they had, prior to the hospitalization and then their current medications because sometimes patients are given the same medications but their labels have different names because one's written as a generic and one's written has a brand name medication.
0: You know, it's such a good point that you make. I think the very best strategy is to make a home visit after someone goes home from the hospital to look at their medicines. The second is having them bring all those medicines, everything they're on, uh, everything on the shelf into the office. We've done that in my practice and it was telling. I'd say that about thirty percent of the time we'd had a significant medication miscommunication and about a third of those were actually quite important, a patient being on two ACE inhibitors in different names or two beta blockers. So that sounds like good advice. Thank you. We've been talking with Dr. Michael Ho about the challenges of medication adherence and strategies for improvement. Michael, thank you so much for being our guest today.
1: Thank you, Doctor Wright. It's been a pleasure.
0: You've been listening to Heart Matters on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. For more information on this week's show or to download a podcast to this segment, please visit us at ReachMD.com. Thank you for listening.